Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. Here it is, another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am Mark Jello. Thanks for checking in. It has been a long time since I've done one of these, like everybody else, trying to maintain through this tough time with COVID-19 and everything and stuck in the house or, you know, not working, all that. And uh, me personally, the main reason why I haven't been able to put out an episode is because I've been dealing with a viral infection which caused Bell's palsy, no relation to COVID-19. Bell's palsy affects your speech, it affects the side of your face, and I'm still dealing with it. Eventually, I'll get past it, but it's just taking a while, and then it's been almost a month, so. But I really wanted to get an episode put out there, stuck in the house, and even though I'm talking like a mumble rapper, I just want to get it out there and uh, make sure that I can do something to not go stir-crazy while I'm in the house. So the only thing I've been able to do, creative-wise, was to do a couple of DJ sets on uh, Facebook Live. Those videos are still there on the Head Knock Records Facebook page, so go check it out, as well as my man Catch22 and DJ Real One. They also did some uh, DJ sets on there, so you want to check those out. They are still there. I really wanted to play this interview I did with Mr. Echoes, aka Phantom, Chicago hip-hop legend, uh, done some production with Rubber Room and The Opus, and he's just one of the uh, all-time you know Chicago greats when it comes to production, and really had a good time talking to him, and I wanted to put this interview out there so people could have something to listen to and just hear about you know, what we talked about with production and Chicago scene and how production has changed over the years. And a big shout out to Catch-22 for setting that up and getting that interview with him. And uh, it was really fun talking to him. And we'll play a couple songs, too, just so you guys get a, get a feel for what he's done. As always, you can check the show on Instagram at DJSoundry75. And we have a new Instagram page at Infinite Banter Podcast, Twitter at Infinite Banter or at djsoundway 75 Facebook at Infinite Banter. There's now a YouTube channel. Go check out Infinite Banter on YouTube. Just a bunch of little clips I've done from different guests that have been on the show and put them up on the uh, YouTube channel. Just trying to find another place to uh, reach out. And you can hear the show on all digital platforms, usual places like Apple Podcast, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you need to find the show, it's there. Before we get started with the show, there are a couple of PSAs I'm going to play about COVID-19. Blueberry, a uh, site that you can find the show on, they sent out a request for podcasters to play a couple of PSAs about COVID-19 within their podcast, and I will definitely do that. So I've got a couple here. I'll play one right now, and I'll play one at the end. So go ahead and listen to it. Most of the stuff we know already, but definitely listen to it, heed the words, you know, do all those things like washing your hands and social distancing and everything else. Just really, really important. So here's one PSA from the CDC about COVID-19. COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. There are a few ways to help lower the spread of this respiratory disease. Wash your hands, avoid touching your face, including mouth, nose, and eyes, 
cover your coughs and sneezes, monitor your symptoms and consult with your doctor, stay at home and away from other sick people except for medical care, clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. So let's get into the show here. We're going to talk to Mr. Echoes about his time with the Opus and producing for Rubber Room and his just his whole career and how he got into the production game in the Chicago hip hop scene. But before we do that, as always, this show never, never starts until you hear from my man DMC, the devastating mic controller during the Infinite Banter podcast. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, the K-I-N-G, the greatest MC in history. And right now, you're listening to Infinite Banter, because we will banter on forever, because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I be Infinite Banter. Before we talk to Mr. Echoes, let's play a song from Rubber Room. This is Body Snatch, and author album, Gothic Architecture, here on the Infinite Banter Podcast. Start at the beginning, walk out the back, finish at the ending, slide from the top, climb from the bottom, walking through the Gotham, wonder who's watching, no urge to gamble, watch a lot of cable, fuck the unstable, they rock like cradles, now what's your name, who me, my name is Lumber, I'm two and half of that crew, rubber, body snatching like traps in, for rest I get my naps in, slide up and twitch with my condom tightly fastened, if you're dashing then you look simply gasmin, you might need an aspirin, from that same old shit baby it's it. Come and help me count the green backs as I lick upon your tits. My approach is different. I'm not mad gifted with the loot, so I'm true with stepping the boots. I'll let you know that my pockets ain't full of G's. Brothers watch your main squeeze, cause shit's wild. You pay, but your girl's getting laid like time. Now who's body snatching on the aisle? Cooping up fixings, smitten with the skills. Got a proposition, let's make a deal. Impact on the max like a kidnapping. Wolf on the hunt, looking for some action. She plays like queen, then comes and give me body. X to the next of last, want the cash. Shapes and curves, nerves, and the medulla. Plays your DNA, I need sex today. Somebody, anybody, somebody. Bitch intense, cause of a party. It's down a mic in your pocket, your ass. Go on, you're glad to see. You know I'm kinda stiff on you, baby Let me split lips, make your wound contract Books of whole orgasmic sessions Tell me power, hours and hours on in Normal passing over, make some bin Sins in the bed, sleeping little heads Wake up in the morning, towards juice and eggs I flow like the Nile while fishing on the Isle The weight was too great, though some ate the bait So I took my black book out, threw another hook out Ready is the pen, I'm on the skin, look out Coming to the rescue, guess who the new man is Foes the word and by now, bro, you heard I'm a lover like yet without Dr. Drake Your honey came my way, so I rocked her Hey, what more can I say? You better yell, baby My game's dynamite, yours frail like JJ Baby clinging to me like I'm ultra-magnetic I said, maybe you can do me Cause the dread won't sweat it In the morning, I'm yawning Time to move on And girl, don't even trip I gave you forewarning It's the break of dawn And they lies in my soul And I'm on some other shit The brother with the plan I'm on the down low looking But on the other hand Those hoes who spread rumors like Blood nouveau, yo, you get the boot fast, cause on that ass I'll pass. No, you're not the one hunt, so do the girly shuffle. Keep coming round and you'll get back like a duffel. Word the metamorphose goes here to let you know I treat a lady like a lady and a hooker like a hoe. I hope you get it, got it good. Peace, I'm gone. Wait, give me my piece back and just move on down the aisle. So 
many women on my mind that my neck hurts. Love the female gender, they keep me warm like sweatshirts. These rest skirts when giving quickies. But now I gotta watch where I sit, cause it's tricky. Now we got female max gangster bitches with gats. You wanna wear the pants, bro, a nutsack. Until then, just chill and be the smooth beauty that you are. Hard women, I scarred women, no kidding. I don't like scratches on my snatches. Women fighting with hatches, etc. Nine, six, seven, two, four, on the rotary. I know it's me. Looking up the function, straight via Kelly. How you doing, Kelly? Can I rub your belly? Now I'm catching trains, buses, and planes. Going state to state. Can't wait to make a boot shake. For my return, rubbers are burned, tossed, and gym warrants make connections. No, I'm like checking. Looking up tracks, camps like a rat. Picking up cats, kittens are hitting hard squads and legions of women on the giants swinging my latex snap. So yo, I'm pulling out black. Wham, bam, I'll thank you, ma'am. Here I am, unless you front like a stunt, and then I'm gone. Cause I can't hang with the girl who's like a gun that loves to go bang. Dang, it seems like I just can't win. Me a sellout for sex in a non-black skin. No, self-discipline it comes from within, but so suds are on my brain. So how can I defend? Cause Uncle Sam never told me black was beautiful. So watch until I vision, I look up to you know who. My love muscle Russell ain't a racist. Just because I am looking for love in all the wrong places. I don't discriminate, I hate race of another. But preference of color would be that of my mother. Although I do make non-black contact crimes, never to the side if you know where your head's at. Yeah, baby, head back, still I'm on the hunt. Unless you walk backwards, what I want is in the front. Eyes that smile, style in your walk. Never too much makeup, I wake up when you talk dirty. When you're feeling flirty, it's your fever, I'm catching. Girl, I'm body snatched. Mr. Greenweave, Marcel Wilkes. Super shout to my boy, Mark, you know what I'm saying? Infinite banter. Man, I'm over the moon with this one. I would say to all my artist homies, they should like come holler this cat. Let's have some fun, man, and you listening live. You know what I'm saying? Infinite banter. My man Mark hold me down, and I appreciate you, bro. All right, checking out the Infinite Banter podcast. I'm Mark Jolf, and I'm pleased to be joined by a Chicago hip-hop icon. You've heard his work with the Opus and Rubber Room, the one and only Phantom, a.k.a. Mr. Echoes. How's it going, man? Good, man. How you doing, bro? Uh, appreciate it, man. Doing good. No Even doubt. better talking to you. Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me on, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm, I'm really... Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak. Oh, for sure, man. Really excited to talk to you. For people who are not familiar with your work, give us like a, a background on how you got started with doing uh, production and working with Rubber Room in the Chicago hip hop scene. So you want, you want me to give you the elevator conversation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the, re- the really, the really, the, the short version. I got involved with music as a DJ. So it was a guy back in I want to say like maybe eighty two. 82, 83, he was, he, my, uh, a friend of mine had brought me, the friend I'm talking about, his name is Matt, brought me over to one of his friends' house who DJ. He was playing this record. Like, I, I I didn't know anything about two turntables and, a, you know, and a mixer. I didn't know anything about that. But he was, my friend Matt was all into it. He was like, yo, Kev, you know, you got to come over to my boy house and see him spin. So this same guy, I, I'll just skip a little bit, but this same guy that I'm talking about who was my friend, Brought me over to Bad Boy Bill's house when I didn't even know who Bad Boy Bill was. It was crazy. I was just like, 
I just knew he's, it was just like a bunch of dudes hanging out at this guy, this white guy's house. And he's like, yeah, this is uh, Kevin. This is bad boy Bill. Anyway, that's who this guy was. So he just knew everybody. I don't know how he knew these people, but he knew, well, bad boy Bill lived in, um, I think it was either Hillside or Bellwood. Anyway, so he brought me over to this guy's house and, you know, the dude was spinning, had two turntables. He had 12s from what I remember. They were 12 technique, 1200s. I'd never seen any turntables like this before i haven't seen turntables period anyway so uh, <laughs> i just saw the best right yeah, off the top <laughs> right the best right off of the top so he um he was spinning um i need love i always get that song wrong i need he was spinning i he was playing i need love by capricorn um obviously can ll but that's obviously not it <laughs> no nah, it well back then there was no rap so right, back then, right. There was no rap music so he was spinning, he was spinning these songs, uh, he was spinning these two songs, but one thing that really kind of really got me into it was by the way that he was playing with the song. He was doing like this DJ, like, it's called a, 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 a three count, where it's basically like you're just repeating it three times, jumping from table to table, bringing one back. It's, just, it's a real popular DJ trick. Um, DJs don't know what I'm talking about when we talk about three counts. So anyway, he was doing a three count and I was just like, it just blew me away. The fact that he was doing this and the song that he was playing. So I was like, wow, this music is great. So then, you know, we, me and my guy, Matt, we was just like, all right, you know what? You want to try to DJ? And so we went out, we couldn't afford 1200s at the time. I mean, the 1200s, I don't know. They were like three, four hundred dollars a table. And I, I was, I don't know, 10 years old maybe at the time. no. No, I was 11, 11, 12, probably about 12, because I moved to Maywood when I was 11. So I was about 12, so I couldn't afford that. So we somehow mustered up some Gemini mixers and spent all our money on records. And then that's kind of like how I started DJing. I started DJing like local house parties and local parties around the neighborhood. And you know, it was a really good time. So fast forward from that, I kind of got bored with DJing. Like me and the guy who I was mixing with, these are, so we brought some other people on board. We kind of formed this clique. We thought we was going to be the greatest, you know, the you know the greatest DJs ever in the area, and that just kind of dissolved. Didn't work out. It kind of like, yeah, it didn't work out. It was just like it kind of broke my confidence a little bit. I like sold all my stuff. I mean, I sold my amp and my mixer. That's depressing to hear, of, man. <laughs> you put all that yeah. effort in getting all that equipment, and then unfortunately, it came to right. a point where you had to get rid of it. Right. I sold it all. I probably was about. I want to say about. 18 like me and my crew i mean we were just going like me and my guys were just going separate ways like it just it just wasn't working out so sold all my stuff and then i just became a fan of the music at that point and then uh or music in general so you know probably between so like i say it was about 18 sold all my gear about 18 and then right around 24 25 maybe that's 24 my guy, another friend of mine was going back and forth from Detroit. So he started bringing me these tapes. Like I hadn't even still heard of rap. Well, I've heard of rap music, but it was like the, you know, the message type of rap music, you know, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five type stuff. It was cool to me, but I wasn't, it didn't pull me in enough to be like, oh man, this is the shit. So <laughs> um, my guy was, uh, I mean, it's true. I was like, it was cool. It was radio, but it was just like, I was still kind of into house and all into like different kind of alternative industrial music at the time. 
he came back from Detroit and he was like, man, have you ever heard of this? You know? And so I was like, heard of what? So he pulled out these tapes and the first tape that he played me was by public enemy. And he played this song called my Uzi ways of time. Wow. So the, so the <laughs> funny part about this story though, is that I was like, what is this? What, what, I, like I'm reading the description of it, like the titles, and I was like, my Uzi weighs a ton. Like I couldn't even pronounce. I'm like, I'm like what's a Uzi? I didn't even know. He was like, no, the Uzi, Uzi, a gun, a Uzi. I had, you know, I'm so green. I didn't, I didn't know what a Uzi was. I didn't know anything about. Wait till you figured out what Flavor Flav was, right? <laughs> like, what is this? Right. It's, yeah. Like I had no clue. Like what the titles were or who they were. I'm just, but then when he played it, I just immediately like fell in love with, it. I was like, Holy, what the hell is this? You know, I'm just hearing all these just different type of, you know, they, they using sine waves as, as, you know, deconstructed beats and just like just just way out there type of sound. And I was just like, this is great, but then we're but we're talking about Yo Bum Rush the Show. Like I, I mean, Yo Bum Rush the Show was Yo Bum Rush the Show. It made me aware of Public Enemy, but it was still kind of like okay to me. I wasn't like, Yo, this is crazy. But anyway, I mean, it was crazy as far as the production, but I, it didn't still like reel me in like that. So then he came back, and so he brought another tape, and he brought back uh, Rakim. Like I, I think it was Follow the Leader or one of those, one of those Rakim tapes he brought in. And I was just like, wow, that's pretty dope. And then he brought KRS-One Boogie Down Productions, uh, by all means necessary. Just some classics right here. You're just naming off. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the hell? Like now, now you got my, now it's got my attention. I'm like, this shit is cold. Right. So then, so I started digging around myself. And then I picked up, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back by public enemy. And that's when I decided I wanted to do production. I was like, I want to make beats like that. I was like, I actually want to make beats like that. And that's when I just got, I was, that's when I got hooked. I was hooked into the sound, the culture of it all, you know, the people. And I went out and I got Insonic what they call it, Insonic EPS plus 16 keyboard. And I started making beats. And of course, none of my shit sounded like Public Enemy. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't Bomb Squad material. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There was, I was still making kind of, I was at that point, it was weird because I was really, when I got it, I was making more kind of, because I didn't sample. I didn't even know what sampling was. I didn't, I didn't know anything about sampling technology. I had no idea. So I'm trying to make these beats by just, you know, by just playing notes and music. You know, I had no musical, no formal musical training. You know, I just knew how to program stuff and stab around a little bit. But I was making these very interesting type of like, um, like acid tracks almost. So they were, they, I mean, it, it was still kind of, it was beat heavy. It wasn't hip hop, but it was just very beat heavy. So a friend of mine who I knew, he had just bought like a drum machine and then 
he came over to my house. He was like, oh, you got a, a sampler. And I'm like, a sampler? I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like, dude. He's like, this is a sampler. You use this to sample music. You're using this the wrong way. You know, you're you're basically you're trying to you're trying to make and create these beats. He's like, you have the ability to like sample. Like I, this is how green I was at. I didn't even know what sampling was. And he was like, you have the ability to sample music, play it. You know, sample records and play it back, and you know, create your own beats on top of it. And I was just like, oh, okay, that's. That's pretty cool, but I still don't know what you're talking about, right? So it's probably better for your wallet, by the way, the way sampling ended up. But right, yeah. So so then he invited another friend, which is Aaron the Alloway. This is actually how me and Aaron met. Well, I I take that back. We met it. We knew each other from high school, but we never hung out. You know, in high school, everybody had their different cliques, but you kind of know everybody, right? Because you're from the same town or area or neighborhood. That's what it was. Like I knew Aaron, but I didn't really hang out with Aaron in high school. So and I didn't really hang out with him afterwards either because he went to he we just was he went to Southern and I was you know went to Columbia College we were just like in two different places. Oh, I went but to anyway, Columbia by know, the way, so shout out to Columbia College. All right. Right, 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 right. Yeah, he then invited Aaron, but like I said, everybody kind of knew each other, but we were in different you know just hung out with different people. But he knew Aaron and he kind of hung out with him because they were like they had another mutual friend which was this guy named James and James introduced Aaron to Chauncey. So that's how they met. And I, I believe that's how they met. But then he told Aaron, the guy Chauncey, he was like, which is the guy with it to that was in rubber room. One of the main, one of the first original producers in rubber room. He told Aaron that I had a keyboard and he was like, yo, you got to check out this dude's keyboard. His name is Kevin. He's like, Oh, Kevin Johnson for Proviso. He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, he just got it inside. He's like, yeah, let's go over there. So they actually came up, both of them came over to my house and Aaron sat down and I guess he had been doing this for a while or was very familiar with keyboards and how they work, you know, with modulation and things like that. Things that I just really didn't know. So he came over and then just completely like went to town on it. And it was like, it, the thing just lit up like a Christmas tree. I was like, wow, you know, like this is what it does. You know, he was, he was knee deep into how it functioned because he already knew how to work keyboards. So then me and him started staying in touch. And then I started learning really from them on how to sample records. Like, you know, it was like, yeah, if you get a turntable and you hook it up to your sampler and I'm watching them, like how they sample records. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's, that's kind of, that's kind of what the kids are doing these days. It's, they're sampling, you know? So I was still like, still kind of new at what I was doing and they were already had these beats together. And then, you know, I'm just like, okay, where, where do I even fit in with all of this? Because I don't really know what I'm doing, but you know, by watching them, I got an idea of what I was supposed to be doing. I'm like, okay, well maybe if I go buy some records and then I start sampling like drum loops and drum break beats, and you know, because I'm this is I'm literally watching them do this. Like, oh, they're sampling drums and they're sampling horns and they're doing this and they're kind of putting these pieces together and forming this track. Oh, that's what I got to do, right? So, but at that time, that's when we were kind of like constructing Rubber Room. You know, getting the members together, kind of getting the sound together, getting you know the who's going to rap on what. And every Sunday at Aaron's house, people used to go over to his house. Me, Aaron, and Chauncey, and then. Uh, Brian and 
Lumber or Lumber and Metamo used to go over to Aaron's house and everybody would always come to the table with something. They'd come to the table with either a new beat that Chauncey would have done or some beats that Aaron would have done. And John and Brian would come with some rhymes. So it was just like, okay, we're getting together this Sunday, y'all. Y'all better come with the heat. You know, this, this is what it is. Everybody come to the table with something. And I'm like, oh, shit, man. I got to figure this out, like, real quick. I got to be able to figure this out. I got, like, seven days to get a beat together, right? So I'm kind of, like, stressing it and nervous a little bit. All, all that week, like, what am I going to do? You know, I got to come correct because I'm watching them, like, bring straight up heat. Like, I don't even know how to do any of this stuff. Well, did your DJ background help you pick samples? I, mean, I would imagine that had to have some kind of help for you because you're familiar with music and how songs no, should sound. Oh, really? Well, no, because I watched everything that they did. I was watching the records that they were choosing. They were they were buying like jazz records, you know, sampling a lot from jazz collections. So stuff you weren't familiar with, obviously, right? Right, stuff I was not familiar with at all. Like, I didn't know anything about like this you know I, I i didn't know i had no idea so i'm like okay first of all i gotta go to the record store and buy some jazz records that was the first thing that i had to do right because that's what i thought i was supposed to be doing it was either vows and oak park or i want to say oak park records uh, uh i can't think of a record store i could see it in my head but i can't think of it it's a, it's a record store in oak park i was like all right because i lived in I lived in that area at the time. So, well, I lived in Maywood, but I was the nearest record store was either Vows or this record store that I can't think of the name of. So I went over there, bought some records, bought some, matter of fact, not records, bought CDs. So I bought CDs, and I remember buying Stanley Clark, I want to say. It was a, I think it was a Stanley Clark CD. But don't quote me on that. <laughs> but I think I, I think it was, I think it was I think it was that it was Stanley Clark, Clark or Jordan. I want to say. Um, so I bought the CD, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just go through this CD and see what I can figure out to use on it. Right? They allowed me to demo it at the store. I thought I heard some stuff that I like. I'm like, okay, from this CD, I'm gonna take me some drums. I'm just gonna use, uh, you know, whatever, what other, whatever, what other elements they have on the actual CD. Listening to the CD and back back then, when you were listening to records, like then you had to listen to a record all the way. You had to listen to an album all the way through right. from the beginning to the end. You couldn't just pick up the needle and just drop it in spots where, you, especially because I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like, okay, I gotta listen to a whole. You might miss something. CD, right? I gotta listen to a whole CD just because, just in case I don't miss anything and you know I you know I, I, that's how you had to listen to music back then it's just no needle dropping so then I heard a stupid crazy break right and I was like okay those are my drums and then the same song started out with like this horn it was like a bum, 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 bum. you know I was like okay that's kind of cool you know I'll sample that you know like a like a little three note horn stab or whatever just that part and the drums had like this crazy like back then like it would be great to grab like a drum break beat that had other instruments in it like maybe a maybe a, a bass line or maybe some a guitar that might be playing along in the background so this particular uh break beat or not break beat drum break had these crazy 
drums, these crazy, like, just full drums with this guitar rhythm that was playing in it at the same time. I was like, wow, that's dope. So I looped it and threw the horn on top of it. And I'm just jamming. I'm like, this is perfect. Like, when you know, when, when things just come together, when a plan comes together, I'm like, this is perfect. <laughs> I think I think they'll like this, right? So i never forget this. So I went, you know, everybody, so the Sunday came, we had to go to Aaron's house, and everybody played their beats, right? And Chauncey played beats, you know, played some new beats that he had, and Aaron played some new beats that he had. And it was like, yo, Kev, what you got? And I was like, check it out. So I had, but at that time, we would just bring our equipment over. We wouldn't just bring, you know, uh, uh, CD at the time. So I brought the, my whole thing over there, right? And I played what I had in the entire place. I'd never forget Aaron, Chauncey, Brian, and John just started jumping around crazy like, they were jumping like, like almost like a mosh pit because it had the song had <laughs> almost like this, this kind of rock feel to it. Like it, it was almost like a, if you can imagine like some of those Led Zeppelin type of drum breaks, you okay. know, full the big riff on it, kinda, yeah, yeah, big riff smack you in the face, you know, just a really kind of perfect almost loop melody sound to it. This is how that was. And the name of the song, and then Brian and John and Spo at the time recorded the song called Welcome to the Rubber Room on that track. Wow. All from you just grabbing a CD, <laughs> bringing it home and messing around with it. And you came up with, exactly. it, with that. Came up with that. Came up with Welcome to the Rubber Room. And then Aaron added the Busta Ryan parts on there. Like, I think he sampled. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground cities to local communities cbp agents and officers are keeping people safe join u.s customs and border protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself learn more at cbp.gov careers uh he sampled a, a line riff that by buster rhymes that said hello hi hello hello how you doing hello hi and he put that on top of it and that just made it even crazier and then I went back and as we're constructing the song, like that was just like the, the baseline of the song. And as we're constructing the song, I came back and added more. I took the same CD because it had more parts into it and then started adding other sequences of those samples into it from just one song. It was like I took that one song and completely deconstructed it and turned it into something else with using those same elements. And that sounds That's like that Public Enemy kind of influence there. You, you set the bar set high because you picked that album as kind of your production influence. And sounds like the deconstructing of beats and 
layering them like that, that's kind of kind of where you got your influence that's, and you can see where it came exactly. from. Exactly. You're right. I would definitely say that. And then kind of that's where I just, I mean, that's just kind of where it started, you know, and then it was just a matter of uh, perfecting our craft as far as rubber room and perfecting well, where we wanted to go with our sound. So that's how, like, when I heard those type of drums on um, Welcome to the Rubber Room, How You Doing? I kind of followed that same theme in everything that I did as far as, like, having, like, hard-edge-sounding drum sounds. And it sounds like you found your lane, too, production-wise. Like, you knew, now I know what to do going forward. What's production like now, I mean, compared to then? How has it changed? Is it better, worse? You know, pros and cons to the production game This going in a current era. For me, I think it's more challenging because I don't sample any. So now, I don't say, I, well... I don't, I don't rely on sampling. Let's say that. I won't say that I don't sample anymore. I don't rely on sampling as heavy, you know, because at one point back then, I was buying a whole bunch of records and a whole bunch of CDs just to, like, you know, find little parts on things. And, you know, sometimes you wouldn't find anything. And sometimes you're kind of forcing things, you know, which sometimes can work or can't work you know it's, it's, a, it's everything is trial and error when you when it comes to sampling you know so it's more challenging to me now because now i have to sit down and actually like construct my own melodies and my own songs and my own layers rather than depending on layers that someone else created you know so it's like okay it's almost like graduating you know it's like okay i was in high school now i'm in college you know <laughs> Or grad school for you. Right, <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, there we go. Don't even <laughs> let me say college. I, I'm, a, I'm getting a PhD right now. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it, it was a matter of graduating in that way to challenge myself to really become a producer and a musician. You know, it really, for, it really challenged your musicianship to be able to sit down, create melodies, be able to create arrangements, you know, arranging you know, songs and just being able to, you know, appreciate the value in that. And I mean, I love it, actually. I, I love actually doing that. I mean, again, it's a little more challenging because you got to get those thoughts and those those ideas out of your head. So, but I still feel like it's way quicker than going through. I would rather sit at a keyboard and kind of poke around with different synths and software and mess around that way now versus digging through records and finding things on records to, you know, to, because to, you're just listening. Sometimes you just had a listening process. Sometimes I found myself just straight up just listening to records for hours on end. And it's just like, okay, you know, four or five hours have passed. And sometimes I, then I might start working and I, and I feel like I was getting tired of that process because right. then I started becoming uh, discouraged of like working on a beat. You know, it's just like, oh man, I don't feel like working on a beat. Now I just listen to a beat <laughs> for like five hours. You know, I, another thing that changed with me is the fact of time. You know, I just didn't have the time to sit down and really have a record day and, and listen to records for a long period of time. And, you know, I didn't have, if it's Monday and I just got off of work, I'm a, you know, I'm a working musician. So I, I work a nine to five. So by, if by the time I got off of work, I get home at seven o'clock, 
I don't want to have to listen to records from, say, like I get started at eight o'clock. I don't want to have to listen to records from eight to twelve o'clock at night to then figure out what I'm gonna use to make a beat. You know, and might come up with nothing. (laughs) And and might come up exactly. And might come up with something that you just was like, man, that's some bullshit, right? (laughs) And then, and then the next day, you're like, you know, you're feeling kind of bummed out about it. Like, dang, I spent all that time. I didn't really do anything. And it's just like the next day, you're just like, damn, do I really want to do that again? So it was kind of, it was kind of actually like influencing me, like discouraging me that way. I was like, you know what? Let me, let me see how it is if I don't rely on sampling. And so I kind of went out, I got rid of my MPC because then at that, I was working on an MPC 60. I sold that and I got an MPC 1000. I was working on that for a while. Great machines, by the way, but, I was like, I need something to speed up my workflow and, you know, do things a little faster, you know, to figure that out, to, to speed up my workflow, speed up my production. So then I went out and got a machine and the machine just worked beautifully for me because, you know, it's, you're stacking everything. I mean, it has things laid out for you, you know, drums. Um, if you, you know, you can go through different drum libraries and just pull out different drums. You can go through different scents and play along with that. The one thing that's really cool about machine is that everybody has the same type of tools. It's a matter of how you manipulate that tool to make it sound, to give it your sound. So at first it was a little, you know, it was a little difficult trying to, you know, still making that, well, I wouldn't say it was that difficult, but you know, it was a little challenging kind of making a transition to kind of keeping the sound that I had as a sampling producer and trying to keep that same sound as a non-sampling producer so it's not like a big dramatic difference. It, does that make sense? I think I got it. I think the rest of us are listening will understand what you mean by that. You know, I just think that, you know, I just I was worried about like the sounds not being too different, right, two right. different sounds, you know, like oh, well, why this shit sounds like all keyboard sounds now? You know what I'm saying? I still wanna, right, you don't want that Casio still, keyboard sound, right? <laughs> right, right. I didn't want it to be like that. I wanted to have a nice balance. Oh, well, you know, make that smooth, make a smooth transition from kind of what I was doing to like what I'm doing right now, which I thought, I think I did a great job at, you know. It, it, it didn't sound starkly different. You know, we back then still when I was sampling, I still sampled a lot of synth sounds, you know, I actually sampled synthesizers, you know, different type of synthesizers when I was sampling records. So it made the crossover to me easier because I was now using synthesizers, but they weren't samples. You know what I'm saying? And the drums were just, you know, the drums are still kind of, you know, I was a drum programmer before, even though sometimes I sample drum breaks or drum loops, you know, I, I still was a drum programmer. I still knew how to program drums, so it still made that that transition easy for me. And how things were laid out in machine, it's just that, you know, ooh, you know, here's a library of, you know, a library of drums. That they'll say something like Sunrise Drum Kit or something like that. You just load a drum kit in and you go to town right away. You know, back then sometimes you either had to build your own custom drum kit meaning that you went through records, and that's what we used to do. We used to go through records and sample each kick, snare, hi-hat, toms off of all these different records and created our own drum kit, you know. But 
the problem with that sometimes is that like when you get you know like I said as you get older and you, and you, you get older you you don't have the time that you had before to do that back then when I was in high school let's call it the high school era you know learning I could sit there all day because I didn't have a job for eight hours and sit in my room <laughs> right. with, with a 40 ounce and, <laughs> and you know sample kicks and snares and drums and 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 kick snares and hi-hats for eight hours and enjoy it, you know, literally going through records. Now, I don't have any time to do that, you know, those type of, I don't, I, and plus I don't, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have the light, I don't have the library to actually transfer over to what I was doing now. But then what's crazy is that Machine still has the same type of sounds. Like they, what's so dope about Machine is that like you could throw your, your sounds into different modes. Like it has an NPC engine mode. It has an SP12 engine mode. You know, you could change the, the the dynamic of how you want things to sound. I felt like the I felt like the transition was was super smooth for me. What are you working <laughs> on now? Uh, what what can we expect to hear? How how has your sound uh, evolved? So I came out with my solo EP, oh, solo EP, solo record, uh, Needful Things by Mr. Echoes, and I thought it, I thought I think it sounds freaking great i think it's a great exercise in arrangement you know and in sound and and just how you can manipulate sound so i i did a really good job being able to produce this record as a solo artist you know as a as a as my first solo kind of kind of venture away from the opus so that's what I got out now. That's what I. That's what I'm doing now. That's what I did. But also, um, I'm working on another project with the Opus with Isle of Weight. We're doing this project that we're working on. Got to keep it completely secret right now. I kind of posted it and gave it away <laughs> a little bit on Instagram, and then the people hit me up and was like, "Bro, you got to take that down. It's like that's not coming out for next year." Oh, but you're getting was, ahead of yourself yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it was the way that I worded it. I worded it in a way of, you know, I worded it. I was trying to word it in a way of that, you know, you don't really have to have a whole lot of people that like you and you got, you know, a ton of followers for someone to, for one person to like what you're doing and like your sound and decide to work with you. Because I feel like we get involved, we're involved in the culture right now. Uh, oh my God! I gotta have ten thousand followers before I get noticed. Yeah, social media has changed it quite a bit, right? Yeah, and and I just don't think that that's true. And the reason why I'm saying that that's not true is because some random person who hit me up, who didn't have any idea who we were as the Opus, only because we had our music up on Spotify and the algorithm, the algorithm for Spotify led this person directly to us. And I would say that this person, without giving away too much detail because he told me to really keep it on the low as far as what we're doing, but this person has won a Pulitzer Prize and he's a best-selling New York Times artist that wants to work with us on Uh-oh. a project. And it's just like, you Get know, on your Google. <laughs> right. Figure out who that is. I'm just, yeah, no, nah, I mean, he's cool with it. He just doesn't want me to, yeah, I got want you. Me to promote the promote the project right now but you know point that i was making with that is that 
it just goes to show you if you just keep putting if you just keep putting out content and you keep putting out things it doesn't matter how many followers that you have it doesn't matter how many likes that you have you know the, the, what matters is that you're always putting out content because you have no idea who's going to fall on your content you know some person may not like it but then you might get some person that say wow what is this so um, kind of like how you did when you came across that Public Enemy album, you know, same way. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Just, you know, completely just blown away, you know. Right now, I need to finish that project because we're, we, 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 he wants to release it next year. But um, I need to, that's kind of what we're trying to figure out right now, trying to get it, you know, constructed and how we want to do it and how we want to lay it out. Well, for those listening, then, uh, where can they find some of your music from the from the past and currently that's out there? Sure. You can go to opus.bandcamp.com. You can go to rubberroom.bandcamp.com. You can go to mrechoes.bandcamp.com. If you're not a bandcamp.com kind of guy or gal, <laughs> you can, um, <laughs> you can um, go to Spotify. You know, all of our, basically all of our catalog is on Spotify as far as Opus Rubber Room and my stuff, um, Mr. Echoes. So. Look up body snatching, guys. Right, right, <laughs> right. So yeah, that's on there. Then we just put out a, the. I don't know if you saw the the double uh, twelve inch of the limited edition Gothic Architecture release on vinyl. I, I did see and that. We, yeah. Yeah. So we. I mean, we. That's available. You know, those are running out too. Um, they only did like 300 of them, so you can get that. I mean, they're available. I know those are available at Fat Beats, you know, and and HHV. But obviously, if you're in the states, you probably want to get them through Fat Beats because if you go through HHV, that's in Germany, and you have to pay for shipping. So, <laughs> and shipping costs you just as yes. much as the record. Right. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're on all platforms. You know, you can hit us up on. You know, if you want to follow me, you can go to at Echoes, you know, on Instagram or you can go to Opus One on Instagram. Unfortunately, Rubber Room is not on Instagram, but all that stuff is on Facebook, too. Just search Rubber Room, search the Opus, search Mr. Echoes, and it's it's there and it's available for you. Chicago hip hop at its finest, Rubber Room, the Opus. And uh, Mr. Echoes, really appreciate you giving us our time and really taking us down the memory lane and how production got started. That's that was just really cool to hear that. Man, I'm glad I'm glad I'm able to share that information. I was like, what am I gonna say? And then it just started just talking about production. I could talk about that forever, but you know, I don't want to have to do a part two. <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe do a maybe do an in studio kind of demonstration. That actually be kind of dope. There, see, there you go. That's the next level. Put make a you know. video of it. Right. Yeah. So I'm gonna start doing a little bit more of that actually too. But you know. But yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate doing stuff like this. And you know, anytime you want to get on the phone and chat it up, let me know. No doubt. That's Mr. Echoes. Big up, man. I appreciate you giving me the time, and it's an honor talking to you, man. And yeah, just hearing oh, you man. go back down memory lane. <laughs> yeah, man. No doubt, man. Like I said, if there's something that you know you may want to add on, or for God, just hit me up at any time. I, I, I'll, I'll be 
I'd be grateful to do it. Oh, man, appreciate it. Catch like, I do 10 minutes. I'm looking at the counter. It's 42. I'm like, come on, man. You can't do 10 minutes is so hard. I mean, it's like one question. No, <laughs> right. Yeah, there's there's no way you can do a 10-minute interview talking about some. So tell me about how it happened from the beginning. Right, right. I set you up with the... <laughs> It's a 30-minute answer, right. so that's on me. Right. <laughs> right. Unless you want to chop it up, that's on y'all. Exactly, man. <laughs> hey, man, appreciate your time. Big up, Echoes. I'll talk to All you, right. dude. All right, bro. Have a good night. You too, man. All right, later. Peace. Peace. Big thanks to Mr. Echoes. It was really fun talking to him. Let's play a song off his solo album, Needful Things. This one here is called Lotus Underwear. I love the title, so and I definitely was feeling the song once I heard it. So this is Lotus Underwear from Mr. Echoes, and you can find this album on Spotify, MrEchoes.Bandcamp.com, anywhere you could listen to music, you could probably find this album. So definitely check it out, Mr. Echoes. Needful Things is the name of his album. This here is Lotus Underwear on the Infinite Banter Podcast.
What up, y'all? This is Acrobatic. You know, I possess the inhuman capabilities. And right now, I'm dropping the infinite dancer with my homeboy, DJ Soundwave. Check him out, y'all. Time for you to leave, assholes. All right, that is it. It's time for me to head out of here. No more talking like Katie Holmes or Jonah Hex on the side of my mouth here. <laughs> Hopefully, this Bell's palsy thing will go away and I can get back to doing the show on a regular basis and, you know, just have more confidence about how I'm talking and everything. So thank you to everybody for listening. Shout out to everybody who's reached out to me and everything. And uh, once again, thank you to Mr. Echoes. Really cool talking to him. And Catch-22 for setting that up. Definitely find his music on Spotify, Bandcamp, places like that. His new album, Needful Things, it's out there. Solo album, it's really good. Definitely go check it out. As always, check this show out on Twitter, at Infinite Banter. Follow me at DJ Soundway 75 on Instagram. Same thing, DJ Soundway 75 And we have a new Instagram page, at Infinite Banter Podcast. Facebook, at Infinite Banter. And YouTube, Infinite Banter as well. All digital platforms. You can find the show everywhere. All right, that'll do it until I get to another episode here. So once again, stay safe out there. Do what you got to do to maintain and not go too crazy. And uh, definitely appreciate the support for the show and listening and everything. And I can't wait to do another one of these episodes. I've had a couple of guests I've been wanting to do a show with and just wanted to make sure I was 100% before I got to do that. So this here is the first step to getting back. But anyway, I appreciate everyone for checking out the show. And uh, I'll catch you guys in the next one. One more PSA here going out about COVID-19. Heed the words. As always, uh, this is Mark Jolly. Thanks for checking out the Infinite Advantage podcast. And I'm out. COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease may include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you are experiencing these symptoms and have come into contact or are in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult with a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.